Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer, and yet another faction reaction. Look at the, the pro audio, oh, thanks so much. With the Owen Jackson talking about Osiarch Bone Reapers. Can't think of a better person to talk on. My good friend, my kind colleague, my sweetheart from down south, Owen Jackson, how are you, you angel? I'm great, man. I've managed to get my fan working, so my body temperature's sort of dipping somewhat. Because it's it. it's, it's hot up in here, right? It is hot up in here. It's like a Nelly but, song, yeah. But um, not as hot as Age of Sigmar three, um, which is a sick, sick game. Um, but yeah, Bone Reapers. Love my Bone Reapers. Bought the army on release. Love the law. Actually, you know, invested a lot of time into getting it painted nicely. Um, and you know, let's give it the headline. They're not in the greatest spot. But, okay. Um, All right. You know, That's the takeaway. But but, but I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be positive. I'm looking for rubies in the rubble. Okay, Rob. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll I'll deep dive some rubies in the rubble for you and hope we don't find a blood diamond. The uh, the <laughs> the uh, having Owen on the show seemed like a no brainer. There's a bunch of OCR Bone Reapers players out there in the world. Uh, but not only is he my co-host for the Age of Sigma Stat Center, Owen's also run uh, a collection of um, TTS events. Some of them numbering a hundred people, but like. Uh, did we? What did we get up to? Hammer time ten, eleven. Where did we end up? Like, over... we ended up. I think if you were to number them all, there were some specially named ones. But yeah, there was about eleven in the end. I think tournaments. Yeah. So uh, so when Owen talk, when Owen starts to talk about how he thinks Osiarch's played in number two, and he's also played at, I think at least two tournaments in three already with his Osiarchs. So I can't think of a better person really to discuss this. So Owen, thanks for coming on the show to do it. Um, because uh, like uh, I think you've got so much to say, and I'm I'm very excited to hear about it. Throw it at me. Osiarchs in 2.0. How did they work okay. and how does the army work? So I think um, it's a pretty classic death army. I think that's what attracted me to it. You know, you've got these kind of like undying legions and they're kind of like it's a very tough um, uh, attrition based army. You know, you've got very resilient troops. There's good healing um, and there's, there's you tend to get a really good spell law with the death armies. So, again, I think it's a great spell law and a good mix of wizards in the book. Um, primarily melee focused. Um, you know, there was an element of, certainly towards the end of AOS 2, where you're, it's not necessarily that dynamic. There was an element of kind of walk forward and get punched in the face and then punch back. And then, you know, there's a lot of that virus style play style where you're, you know, one unit is 40 more tech is capping three or four objectives. Um, very synergistic, you know, sort of layering the buffs through the hero phase and with artifacts and auras. And then obviously, the one, the, the USP for the army is the Relentless Discipline points, Rob, the RDP. RDP. Um, so whilst everyone else has one currency, we were like, nope, we have our own currency. We want to collect the tithe. And, you know, when we collect that tithe, this is what we're going to spend our Relentless Discipline points on. So, you know, it effectively means you can't use the normal command abilities, which obviously we're going to touch on now in Age of Sigma 3 because there's a lot of new stuff. So it, you, were, you were limited you know, the number one thing that people would see a lot of, which is the fact that because you can't use command abilities, you can't reroll charges and you yes. can't auto run six. So you had ways to buff your movement and you had ways to, you know, like buff your combat. But, you know, you you make that double one charge unless you've got a unit of, you know, the, the foot troops, the Mortec Guard or, or your um, or your Death Riders, then, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to run reroll that charge, which loses you games. So... You have to go into the faction with your eyes wide open. Very tough. They are fun to play. A very good, simple army. I think you have, you were um, quite vocal about them being a good first army at the end of AOS 2, weren't you? 
yeah, very, very good army. Um, like I think for Age Sigmar two, because they they have kind of I, I would say that they're the core element of if you're like not used to the, maybe the high fantasy ideals of of Age of Sigmar in some ways or like the in intricate. Um, like overlapping, like oh, I could take some beast of chaos units in this. What the hell is a Marco Nurgle? Like it's, but like oh, there's a cavalry unit. Sweet. There's a big mm. monster. Sweet. There's some infantry. There's a catapult. It just feels like an army. Army. I think it's really, really good. Also, interesting little thought you just had about um, never having access to some of those command abilities, like the auto run six and then the reroll charges, which they didn't in two. One of the interesting kind of like continual things I've been hearing from all of the amazing people I've had on doing the faction reactions is about reliability. Whereas, like, so you've you lost that reliability, but was there any other reliability in the army, like, that made up for it? Like, um, I think that you had a decent amount of reliability with the way that you could build it in terms of where if you do make those charges, you will kill stuff like foot troops hitting on threes, wounding on fours, rend one as base, two attacks each, you know, and you do always have that reach as well with the um, with the multi crawlers, you know, you would get. They were quite swingy. I wouldn't necessarily call them an efficient unit per se, but if you were shooting at something with a five-up save, you know they could be pretty damn efficient then with like four shots. Um, but yeah, that's the thing now. I mean, we'll get to it, but you've got to have a pretty strong constitution to play uh, OBR now because no, there's, there is efficiency in terms of you can get your buffs up and stuff, but then you know redeploy, failing charges, like you have to be ready for some sad face moments. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're going in, you have to go in with your eyes wide open. You are, you're going to, you're not going to fibre with this army unless you play amazing, in my opinion, okay. and you get good luck. And you're not going to always be able to go in and math hammer it and be like, I'm definitely going to kill this, or I'm definitely going to kill that, because it, it's the getting there that's the issue. And what's um, interesting in 2.0, that was also the same. Like yeah, in two point yeah. in, in two we would see a lot of like four ones. We would see um, like like we rarely saw, if ever, saw a five zero. Uh, we saw people like flipping the script for catapults. We saw Arthur uh, over in Oz running twelve. Um, what are they called? The Immortus Guard. The Immortus Star. The Immortus Star. Like we saw people trying to like reinvent the book time and time again with quite a limited amount of units, and I thought that was really exciting, but never mm. really kind of to tip over the top. Uh, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and then also there was, like, just a quick one before we get into your thoughts on three. Um, was the book split? Because I think, like, I, I wonder this a lot about these kind of, like, big pieces. Was mm. it, is it OCR Bone Reapers is a book, and then there's Nagash in OCR Bone Reapers. Was it that, or, like, did it did he complement? Yeah. Like, how did it work? I mean, I can give you the overview on, on kind of how 2.0, because it was basically a brand-new release, wasn't it? You know, it mm -hmm. came out end of 2019. Um yeah. And, you know, when it first came off, it was also, it was seen as the new filth. You know, it was all about Petrifex. So I think everyone's impressions of Osteo Bone Reapers tends to be framed within the idea of, of early Petrifex. So, you know, Petrifex Elite was a sub-faction, one of many sub-factions. It ended up shaking down. There were probably three sub-factions that you'd see taking quite a bit. So effectively, you would have Petrifex Elite was the go-to. I mean, you went to Quig's Luntan, right? And it was like, you know... Uh, and there were events in America and here in the UK. You had people like J.P. Stevens and uh, Steve Curtis doing well with, with that, that, that early Petrifex. Um, so, um, and, you know, we saw them at, at do quite well at Slaughter. Um, but it was still very much like a 4-1. That seemed to be the thing. But 
I kind of was out, I was a bit of an outlier because I took Petrofex Nagash to Brotherhood and I did really well with it. And I think it's an excellent teams list. The, the Nagash was an excellent teams list. But the same issues that, that persist with any list that relies on one god monster that's taking up 50 or 45% of your list, you have to make the rest of the army work really well around it. Um, and uh, many players felt that Nagash was too much of a point sink. Um, and they would, and, and people moved towards Catacross. And then that trend then then meant when Petrofex got nerfed, everyone went off to Catacross's um, uh, Legion. Yeah, much like Hagnar is, you know, your poster boy and, and the main um, coven or whatever it's called for um, for Daughters of Cain. Mortis Praetorians is kind of in the law is the is is the the main um, sub faction. And that effectively, with Catacross and his command ability, you know, when he's on top wounds, he can give out plus one save, plus one to hit wholly within 36. So you get your old Petrofex back. But that kind of reinforced quite a, a double eat or double catapults and skeletons, maybe some death riders to cap objectives early, and then your buff pieces. Um, sometimes a liege and Catacross, so you can push your plus one attack bubble up. But often it would be Catter at the back of the board, buffing up the crawlers. You know, Death Riders forward, Skellies, that was the list. When we had a team, when was, there was the Butcher's Tribe tournament that, that Pask put on, and, and you had to take a different army from every sub-faction. Yeah. So many Bone Reapers, and it was so many Mortis Praetorians, Double Crawler. That was the list. That's where we kind of ended up. Um, outside of that, I think you had Staliarch Lords over in Cancon. There's a fellow yep. running around with Nagash and Staliarchs, which did really well. Um, and then you had Kata, Kata Cross Nagash. Um, I think Casper, one of the uh, Danish guys over on TPS, did really well with that. Um, but those were the kind of archetypes. But um, you mentioned a player that doesn't really get talked about very often, um, uh, who did really well. And I think if you wanted to touch on it as an, uh, what I thought was possibly the 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 best AOS two um, uh, Bone Reapers list, if you like, and that's a, a gentleman from Australia. He's kind of known in Australia and also in the South London Legion, but. I don't know if he's been name-checked on here before. There's a chap called Arthur. Arthur Bulgaris. So I've sent you his list, Rob, if you open up in the, um, uh, in the docs there. Yeah. And um, just, just, just to give him... This basically went 5-1, and he came fifth in a massive tournament. Um, and effectively, I, I thought this was brilliant, and it went to the heart of what, 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 what was good with Bone Reapers in 2.0. So it was Xantos in Mortis Praetorians with a Liege Kavalos, who had a plus-one-to-hit artifact... And then a soul mason for reroll ones to hit, um, and then he had a block of forty, two blocks of ten mortec, a gothazar harvester, two crawlers, shield core, and carrion. And I think um, you know you had the threat of buffing these crawlers, doing eight shots. You had a big block of forty mortec supported by a crawler and a liege to just drive up the board and just plow through because forty and forty mortec and a harvester is yeah is rough. Um, but that kind of list where you've got the ability to give the Mortec Guard reroll saves and make them reroll their hits if they're charged and give them plus one attack. You have this, we may be limited in that we don't get access to the normal command abilities, but we could do this wonderful synergy buffing um, where you're multi layering on lots and lots of buffs and making those Mortec Guard hit on twos, rerolling ones, exploding on fives. You know, there's loads that you can do. Um, and yeah. We were, we were in a good place at the end of two, I felt. I was playing with two blocks of 40 with, with harvesters and you had this, you know, spawning all over the... I called it the virus play style, you know, because you would just have these tenderly little, you know, 
bits of units and you could use the harvesters to, to do the healing and regenerate units in all different phases. Anyway, this is going to be like a three hour show if I remember. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. But that's something that's not possible now. We will, like, if you guys are listening at home and you're new, you're not really sure, don't forget this is filmed in front of a live studio audience. The Twitch chat, big shout out to Twitch chat, uh, is also a podcast you can listen to as well. Um, uh, yeah, the... Uh, what I was going to say was some of that's not possible now because obviously then Age of Sigmar 3, blammo. And there was a lot of chat about like all of the new Age of Sigmar 3 abilities, how they were able to interact and how they affected OBR, which I know you're going to touch on probably. Um, are you going to touch on that now or do you want to do it after your first thoughts on 3? Um, I'll just give you my first thoughts. I'll tell you what, Rob, it's your show, baby. What are your first what... thoughts? What are your first thoughts on Age of Sigmar 3? Like you've played it, you've played quite a few games now. Like Yeah, I think I've played about Fifth, no, about 16 games, something like that, 17 games. It's pretty um, good. Two, it's pretty little, good. two little tournaments. Um, hey, Ziggy. Um, yeah, I mean, my thoughts are that you, I'll go back to it again, but you have to go in with your eyes wide open and be ready. Um, you have to be, I think you have to be incredibly resilient. You have to be ready to roll double one miscasts on the gash. You have to be ready to roll double one charges. And um, over the course of a weekend, that might just put you in a bit of a hole, you know, having to do that. Anyway, but no, I've, I've rambled a little. 3.0, wonderful game. Feels very different. Um, I think it's very varied. Does seem like the, the path to victory. Not that shit thing they put in the battle terms, but the other thing, the actual path to victory. That, <laughs> that seems to be quite varied now. So you're like, there are points in the, in the missions where you're like, okay, this, I, my win condition is going to be based on like smashing the primary because my opponent's got a list that denies me my battle tactics or making it difficult for me. And I do really like that. It's not like, you know, at the end of two, it used to be like, okay, well, you've got this piece and you're going to do this thing. And unless I do this one thing, then you're going to beat me. Whereas I think now there seems to be, um, you know, there, there seems to be more paths to victory. So that's one thing. Um, I think change is inevitable, so you've got to embrace it. That's probably more of a life thing rather than a Warhammer thing. So, you know, got to just go with the flow. Hey, Warhammer and life, they mirror each other. That's all it is. Absolutely, man. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great game. I, I mean, I gave you the little headline. That, and this came from conversations yesterday because we had a little tournament at Bad Moon. Um, wonderful game. Great game. Shit meta. I mean, excuse my French for a Sunday afternoon, but that's, uh, that's, that's where I'm no. at. I think that's fair, and I'd like to I'd like to double down on that with Owen. I've talked about this obviously on the Stat Center show. If you guys want to go back and listen to, on um, uh, sorry on Monday, uh, so the Stat Center show this week, which I did, um, and, and one of the things I was talking about was uh, hey, by the way, just thank you to Barbacon, W Soren, all of you for resubscribing, Lord Wilco, massive love. Thanks everyone for subscribing to the Honest Wargamer. Um, uh, it's because there's so many intricate things. You, oh, I might take this little 10-man unit and then redeploy and you'd be like, cool. And mm. they're like, oh, and you're like, well, how will it beat Nagash? It's like, well, it won't. Okay, like, okay, all right, well, I'll, maybe I'll play it. How does it beat Marathian Postnates? Oh, it doesn't. Okay, like, I'll do this other little thing. Like, it's a little clever. And like, can you beat Archeon with the tops? No. No. No technique. Got Trek. What if he... Well, yeah, that's a problem. And you're right. The, and Nine Storm Fiends. Like, those superstar units. Like, because it's mm -hmm. a superstar edition, right? It's Godhammer is what it we're is. in. Um, like, we're in Godhammer edition. Um, and so, like, that in of itself is is pretty interesting. Um, and how the meta tries to adapt. We're still early days, right? So it could move around. But some of those pieces seem... Like, when you write a list, you think, how will I kill X? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. if you and can't... If you can't, 
then what do you do? Oh, big shout-out to Ziggy for donating 10 gift subscriptions in the chat. Oh, what? Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, how do you... I don't know. I mean, how do you deal with... Say, how can you write a list that deals with Gottrek, Gargants, Marathi, um, and, say, like, big blocks of 20 pinks? I know that loads of pinks isn't really something that you think is going to go, but I think people will still put that on the table. I, I think, like, if just to, just to jump into it quick... Uh, which is more of a, a Monday, the stat center convo. I think the, the one that you do is you, you whip it around. You go, cool. How do I kill Gotrek if I get paired into him? Because that's an easier solution for some armies. And then if you've got that, then you just hope Gotrek smash all the big boys. That's your hope. That's yeah. your hope. Uh, although probably, like, you know, that's, that's my brain. That's my thinking at the moment. That was my pink list last week. Um, uh, otherwise, it's like... I don't know, nine storm fiends isn't that expensive, I guess. <laughs> like... Fuck's sake, man. I hate that nine storm fiends is like the new kill the heroes. It's like, how do you do it? It's like nine storm fiends, roll a seven. Sweet. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, easy I'll life. Take it. Although, but yeah, yeah great game. But the actual intricacies of the game, the list building, like oh. there's so much, it's so diverse yeah. and there's so many options of battle tactics. There's so much to do. But actually, when you start pushing it towards the top end, but I don't know, maybe for a year we could just all take have a laugh at watching like all these gods smashing against each other, and like maybe it'll be about how you can micromanage those plays, if that That's makes sense. Fair. Yeah, it, like, it'll be yeah because it's the it's the levers that you pull to drive those monsters, and knowing when to pull them, when to do your hero time or whatever it's called, you know, special Tuesday or whatever it's called, you know, whenever you do that. Uh, it, it's the it's the players that know which lever to pull, when to pull it, what's the most optimal time, you know, because you can bait out people to use hero time and you know th things like that. So whilst, yeah, yeah, I mean I'm in a weird place because like uh, you know OBR have more systemic issues outside of how do I deal with these problems. It's like, how do we deal with ourselves? How do I look at myself in the mirror and know how to win this game? Well, listen, there's going to be a lot of mirror matches this year. Let's put it that way. Good split the chat. A whole year of Archeon mirrors. But don't forget, Marathi will have mirrors too. So that'll be fun. Um, and right. I bet she likes mirrors. I bet she's she quite, loves a know, mirror. She's quite she vain. She loves a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's talk, about, let's talk about OBR in three, because that's what we're here for. Um, OC Up Bone Reapers in three. Mm -hmm. uh, winners and losers, top level thoughts first. Where are you at? Uh, let me just get to the right part of my notes. Okay, so let's. I think I think the overall perception of Osiot Bone Reapers is that we're in a bad place. So why don't we start low and then we end high? Okay, we'll good. Get, we'll get we'll get the we'll get the rubies in the rubble. We'll get the good stuff at the end. So <clears throat> much like where we were like before, um, you know, we don't get any access to the new shiny. You know, there's, we don't have access to all our attack. Yep. All have access, we don't have access to all our defense. We cannot redeploy, even though Nico felt it necessary to give me a pause and remind me if I wanted to redeploy every turn of our game. <laughs> and then I had to say, I can't fucking do that, man. Are you trolling me at this point? He's like, no, no, sorry. I just want to make sure. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we don't get the new shiny. That's the big, you know, that's the big, uh, that's the big hot take. Um, and then whatever we do have access to in terms of our relentless discipline points, or as I like to call them, really disappointing points. That's the new name, by the way, Rob, okay? Yep. Just so you know. I thought, I thought really disappointing that. points is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Perfect. So basically, you've got you've got more gold than you ever know what to do with. We can generate more in the hero phase. You know, we you roll the number of dice for each of the units that you have in your army in both hero phases. You're able to generate extras through you know giving away or taking the first turn. So whilst we've got all of this relentless discipline, we don't have anything to spend it on because they've capped. The change from two to three is that they've now capped that you cannot layer more than one command ability onto one unit and you can't use the same ability more than once per phase. So, I mean, you've played Bone Reapers or against it enough. Only one unit can be buffed to plus three movement. Only one unit can reroll its saves. Only one unit can have an extra pip of rend. So you're not creating your Mortec block as a hammer and an anvil. They're just one or the other. And, you know, whilst there are so many other limitations on the play style and the army and the faction in general, I think that it's just too far. Um, so that, that would be my teal, my, my, my big headline is that we've got more relentless discipline points than we know what to do with and we've got nothing to spend them on. It's like we're at a marketplace and we've got bags of gold and they only accept coal. It's like, <laughs> like you know, luck, bro. It's like, we've, 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 you know, we've collected the tithe. Look at us. We're... You know, we're, we're marching into town like you know the emperor with all of our all of our gold ready to spend it, and they're like, "Nah, mate, we don't accept that." Sorry, th this currency to... is not available. It, to give a quick anecdotal story, me and Owen played uh, a tournament uh, week last weekend, weekend before, um, and the Spike Four Sixteen, and uh, great game. Uh, at one point, Owen did a spell which generates him more RDP. And then, uh, and I had the opportunity to run by, and I was like, "What does it do?" He's like, it "Gives me more of these," and I was like, "Oh, that's fine. They seem useless." <laughs> that's yeah, man, exact I, mean, like... <laughs> uh, I was like, "They seem to do nothing. They're like, I don't care about those." <laughs> I've been keeping a track of how many I'm left with at the end of each turn, and on average, over the course of sixteen games, I think I, I each turn I have about three to four RDP left over that I can't use. Okay. And you're just like, I mean, I don't even bother rolling for it now. And then my opponent's like, oh, you've got more of that stuff that you're not going to be able to use. I'm like, yeah. So in that, in that, in that instance, Rob, all I did was give you a fate point and then have a little <laughs> crap. I didn't did. know what to do. I loved anyway. it. It was great. So, uh, okay. um, yeah, heroic actions are limiting as well. Um, you know, you can't get an RDP on a four-up, not that you want one. Um, uh, you already have decent healing, you know, if you're taking Arcan or a Bone Shaper or a Gash. Um, you know, you've only got three non-wizard heroes, so the extra unbind often is given. So, again, it just feels bad when you're in a negative place of like, okay, it's heroic action time, can you do anything? It's like, no, I can't do anything. So, like, you're, like you mentioned, Rob, you're not playing the game, right, in a way. Yeah. You're not playing 3.0. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're not playing it, which will be one of my statements at the end, but I'll, I'll wait till the end for that. Yeah, so the, and then RDP, yeah, more generation, there's no spamming, there's no layering, you have the same limitations as normal armies in terms of one per unit per phase, but you've got less tools. So it's, it just creates an environment where you've got a really rigid play style, and it becomes even more constrictive, and then we get to redeploy. Redeploy and no reroll charges. If you were being a salty bugger, which I'm trying not to be and I'm not, you would say that that kills the army. That kills a whole faction, is redeploy. You, yeah. you, you experienced it, right? I didn't get in the gash into you for four turns. Yeah, yeah. You just kept redeploying. I kept redeploying, and I think there was one point where I just, uh, no, I, I didn't. But then I had, I mean, I was in a unique situation where I had redeploy, and I obviously could Kairos one of your charge rolls as well, but I never needed it. You just you just rolled bad. like, And it wasn't even bad. Like You rolled sixes, like because you're three away 
great. I redeploy three. It's a six. Like, it's a little below average that you're going to roll it, but it's not outside the realms of possibility. Like, it really, mm -hmm. it really puts that percentage chance you fail the charge. Or even, and I'm sure plenty of us have done it, we've all experienced or been in a room or heard of the guy who double wand a charge, re-rolled it double wand. Yeah, we've heard okay, that. Okay, right. Yeah. Are you ready for this roll? Well, but, well, my point Yesterday. is, my point is, sorry, my point is very quickly, is that even in that situation, like, you, you've just got the double one. That happens. Like, that's fairly consistent, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, like, but anyway, sorry, after you. Well, all that happened yesterday, uh, for two consecutive turns, Nagash rolled a double one. So 970 points of absolute combat prowess basically looked at some door riders for two turns. Yeah. Two, and, I mean, Benjamin did say to me, he's like, that's a one in whatever, for, you know, he's like, that's a one in 1,000 and something chance of it happening. And that is just me and my shit dice. But, you know, and I also miscast double one uh, with Nagash on my first spell. So anyway, going back, uh, redeploy and no reward charge is super rough. We're very slow and it can be quite predictable. Uh, this this is what the 3.0 environment creates for the army. Um, and then the, the reinforcement changes killed the 40 Mortec block, which is actually good enough to take a hit from one of these god monsters and potentially kill it back. Yep. That used to be the shtick in 2.0. You, know, you get hit by, by Archeon, you lose 20, and then the 20 that are left kill him back. Yep. And that's no more. And then the virus playstyle that I've talked about, that's gone, or, or that's very limited with coherency. If you think about now that everything has to be base to base on those 25 mils, the the size of your virus is is is, is brought down by 100% effectively. Yep. You know, you've lost, you know. So, um, so what Owen's talking then, about really quickly is when returning slain models to a unit effectively, like you've got a smaller unit, you return slain models, and what he's talking about is you, you spread out like a virus, and you used to be able to do it in big waves and chains, uh, and now you can't do that, uh, or you can't do that as well or as effective at all because of coherency. Mm -hmm. And you're also doing it from a smaller number as well, like 40 could do it better than 30 could. And like yeah. and now you can... And one unit can't cap more than one objective now, so again, that kills that. And your, so units, are still, and your units are still very... like appointed to be elite without being mm -hmm. able to achieve that elite status now with reroll saves and plus one attack and rent like you could mm -hmm. like you say overlap those buffs but now it's like either or and it like you know with phoenix guard like they're they have a four up dpr anyway yeah they get an extra they get reroll ones to sorry rerolls to wound from the command ability from the anointed they also get mm -hmm. immune to battle shock because they're near the anointed like they get minus one to wound because they're nearer the anointed like you don't really have that your whole army was built off using those points to achieve better stuff mm. and then you can't do that as much now right it's mad we were like the i don't know if it's the right term but we were like the beta version for aos3 and we were like okay we we we, we create you know relentless discipline and um, units issuing commands to themselves and things like that. Like that was, we were the, <laughs> we we were the proto. And now it's like, okay, well here's the new edition, and you you know you suckers have been playing that game. This is the new game, but you don't get to play it, even though you played a version of it before. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there are, uh, and then the nexus got a nerf. You know, I know everyone hated the big sort of bone sort of you know phallic symbol in the center, but that's now has to be wholly within your territory. So, but but it's still yeah, got some pretty it's still got some pretty good range on it though, and the board is smaller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Minus one, um, minus one to cast a spell and unbind on a two up at thirty six inches is still solid as hell. Yeah, and I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, oh, they made my army a little bit, you know, they made my army worse, like screw GW. Like, I think in life in general, you just got to 
adapt and move on and try and make it work. And as long as you understand the limitations of the army and trying to build a list to make it work, then uh, I think you can still have fun. Um, so don't sell your army. Um, should we segue beautifully onto the the light spots, Rob? Yeah, that would uh, be. Then... Yeah, I'd like that. Like, uh, by the way, I'd like everyone listening who doesn't. I'd like to just reiterate uh, Owen's uh, points. Uh, I don't play OCRs anyway, like anywhere near as well as Owen or at all. Um, but obviously, taking into account and 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 doing this a lot for work. Um, I would say that they're probably one of the armies in one of the poorest positions. I, don't, I think Owen tried to state it heavily, but not enough. The de redeploying the reroll charges can neuter the entire army. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and it's just a couple of command points for you. Like, it's, you're just like, oh, cool, like one redeploy, but it can, like he says, destroy an entire game plan. Uh, and while that's really great, everyone else has access to loads of other kind of ways around it. Also, if I was playing, if I was like looking to play HCMR 3.0, I would not ever pick up OCR Bone Reapers. It would be at the very bottom. I would su suggest Sanesh above this. I would suggest every other army above OBR mm -hmm. because you're not learning key strategies in using Redeploy, Unleash Hell, um, any of those things. So you're not learning how to use some of the core mechanics that everyone else is doing. So I'd just like to say that like, I think Owens, again like Vince, is coming on to have to talk about something he loves that just hasn't got the legs. It's so much easier for someone like Chris, who did an amazing job. Chris came on for Ironeth Deep and was like, I love Ironeth. I'm going to smash it. Like, you're like, great. And it's like, okay, how are these? You're like, well, they suck. It's like, okay, well, could you tell me something that's not sucking? That's hard. So, like, love yeah. to you, Owen. Thank you so much. Um, but you think there might be some bright spots, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Just a little touch back on to redeploy. Yep. Obviously, there is one. My the first. Okay, the first. The first light spot. It wasn't going to be my first at one, but um, in relation to redeploy, is you know there is a way of 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 virtually guaranteeing a reroll charge, which is not something that we had access to before. So the triumph. So you know, if you build your list and you go in at nineteen forty, then you know you've got a really good chance of maybe picking up that that reroll charges triumph, which we've never had access to. So. That's the first little light spot, you know. We do have a reroll charge available to us, but you have to effectively, you know, list build specifically for that reason in terms of the final points that you end up on. Whereas it does feel bad that everyone else just uses one of their bazillion command points to just do the thing. Um, anyway, but number one, Petrifex, right, Rob? Yeah. We're back. I'm ready. I'm ready. Petrifex, better than ever. It's it's brilliant. So you know everyone loves that Venga boy. Da, 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 da. You know that Venga Vengorian Lord. Yeah, the party bus. Yeah. Well, like our whole army is on the party bus. Okay. We don't give no shits about your minus one rend. We worsen rend by one across the whole army. Okay, so, so Petrifex Elite sub faction, you worsen rend by one across the whole army. Yeah, so all and all phases. So in the past, old Petrifex Elite was reroll ones to save in melee only. Now Get shot by some Eindricks who haven't been buffed, they've got no rend. Okay. You know, get shot by some wind chargers like I was yesterday, no rend. Um, and with good quality saves in the army, um, Petrifexes, and the fact that there's a Mystic Shield change, so if you want to put screen out and you want to protect all your stuff, then you can make a, a nice screen of Mortec Guard on a three-up save after they've been Mystically Shielded. So my, my, my follow-up, had I done any other faction reaction, would have been, oh my god, that will stack so well with all-out defense, because obviously that's an additional plus one save, yeah, which obviously mm -hmm. you can't do, right? I'm, 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 I'm right in saying that. That is nice. Yeah, I, but, love, I love it. There's, 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 there's like a politeness around dealing with OBR players, like, ah, oh, sorry, man, can you can you do this? No, no, we can't do that. Okay. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> 
but my, on, my question is, is, is so okay access to plus one save so mystic shield in the army is there any other like plus one save in the army no and you, like everyone got excited and i built a list based around the idea that i might be able to spam mystic shield from the gash or arcan yeah you can at the moment but i don't i can't see that surviving an faq um oh really but yes, Why? the only way because um like his boss can't do it so how can the underling do it oh fair enough and also spoilers he might be <laughs> fair enough <laughs> fair enough okay <laughs> no i can't see that surviving so no the only access to plus one save is um through uh, the heroic action yeah so or through um uh the heroic action is called uh it's stomping time it's not it's called in their finest hour yeah. but just a new name for it today yes um, so yeah, they're, they're, you know that's that's the only way to get the the, the, the plus one save. But Petrifex in general, like ignoring the uh, worsening Ren by one, same as like Munificent Wonders or something. So savage, it's great. Okay. So if if somebody comes into you with more tech guard and you've got them on a plus one save and you reroll your saves uh, against Ren three, you take it to Ren two. So you've got a five up rerollable save against Ren three with your battle line. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Right? Not bad at like, all. Petrifex is brilliant. Like Petrifex is, is brilliant. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any different. And I don't think there's any other apart from maybe Staliarch Lords taking loads of stalkers who we'll get onto. Yeah. Uh, I I can't see if you want to play OBR, you need to play Petrifex. Okay. In my humble opinion. That's good opinion. So that's the main one. Yeah. Um it still nails. It still absolutely nails. Like, you know, and, it, and, it that, is and, that was, and that's a 3.0 change as well. So like a massive win for the yeah. army. Yeah, yeah, big win. I, I, I don't think it papers the cracks, but it, it at least makes us incredibly resilient. Um, I do think the points, Rob, were very, um, very favourable. Oh, really? The army. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think more tech guard at one forty is still excellent. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Cheap. I think things. Yeah, I think uh, Catacross came down from five hundred to four seventy five. So there's an argument around him. Um, stuff like the. He was taking uh, a lot before anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he only gives you three relentless discipline points in that rather than five, but obviously we've already discussed the fact that you don't need them. <laughs> but he's not a monster, so he doesn't give up any VPs, which is quite nice, but it also means he can't then do the, like those mission tactics. But anyway, points-wise, Stalkers at 180, Necropolis Stalkers. Okay, um, that's good. More guest Harbingers at 185. I'm, I'm tall on the liege. I can see Major Sockbert in the chat, and he's a big, he loves his OBR. Um... I do like the Liege Kavalos because he's a 10-inch move that can buff to 13 and you can make him a monster and, you know, uh, and he's great at 185, but the fact that you can't buff layer devalues his command ability a little bit. So, you know, you, you, I often always want to be putting an extra pip of rend on with bludgeon rather than getting plus one attack. I mean, I'd like to do it both with GW, but if I had the choice, in most, in an armor meta, I want to be pumping in that minus, I want to get that minus two rend, yeah, rather course. than having loads of attacks at minus one. Yeah. So that's why I think the leash stocks are down. But as an overall conversation, um, I do think that um, the points have been favourable. So list writing is is, is, is actually okay. Um, you know, Death Riders at 190 is still good. So yeah, that's another high point. Points, um, I do think we've got fantastic battle line um, in the, the, the Cavalos Death Riders and also the Mortec Guard. You know, you're going to be able to, to score hold the line quite well, you know, with, with an army that has a decent amount. You know, you're regenerating. You've got one skeleton left on the board out of your 40 that you started with and your two units of cavalry. One skelly left, 
three victory points. You know, hold the line is just keep one model alive from a battle line unit, right? So that's good. And it's also quite good for denying broken ranks. So I think the battle line um, early game, you know, denying, you know, get, uh, denying people the opportunity to get broken ranks. Or like yesterday against Nico, he committed 15 wind charges and severeth into 10 more tech guard who were screened by five little dudes. Mm. Uh, from the Shadespire Warband, and he left one Vortex card alive after all that bollocks. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, because they are tanking. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is not a show. This is a show where you can swear it's fine. We're all adults. Right. Yeah. Like, in no way do I think four year olds, no, there's not eight year olds who are like, yeah, how do I get the best power tactics out of my army now in 3.0? It's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Not like that. <laughs> <Fuck no. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do think that. I think the triumphs, uh, as I touched on, the triumphs are great. Plus one to wound is really good for the army. Like, a lot of the army wounds on fours. Uh, um, you know, your battle line all wound on four, so plus one is great. Um, so triumphs. I was going to get the model out, but I haven't got him here. I don't know where he is. He's somewhere. He's having a lie down after a busy day. Nagash. Nagash. How does Darren say it? Nagash. Nagash. Um, um, yeah, my kids watch this, so sorry, Steve. It's okay. Don't um, worry about it. Uh, Nagash, whilst he's still like. Some people don't think he's great in OBR or he, he, people think he takes up too many points. I do think, and you've touched on it, Rob, because obviously you saw Greg taking in, in Sob like Gravelords. Yep. Like Nagash in the edition, magnificent piece, right? An absolute beast, an absolute weapon. And like talking with players at the end of the game yesterday, they're like the psychological effect of Nagash on the table and the shutdown and the magical dominance. Like it... it, it like you can't underestimate how powerful that can be. Like you can tilt your opponent, mess up their deployment. So Nagash ignoring a pick of Rend and using Super Tuesday or Hero Time, you know, and his his amazing command ability. Like Nagash's command ability, reroll once to hit, reroll once to save, and uh, you don't care about battle shock ability. But that command ability is absolutely you know ten out of ten. Um, so he's got so much, and then there's so much you can do with him. You can charge up six or seven well you can charge up eight if you want but six or seven arcane bolts and just go in and blow something up um he's got hand of dust you know obviously it doesn't deal with Gotrek, it doesn't deal with mega gargants but you know more crush more crusher um archaeon if he fails his four up um severeth hand of dust severeth off to a port yesterday well, I had a shit I had a terrible day and then I did that and I was like okay fine the day is saved I'm happy <laughs> I know Joe's in the chat, um, he'll be livid that Severith got taken out by Hand of Dust, but also we're all happy. Also, thanks to Steerage for resubscribing. He says, hey, my nine-year-old is hanging on the OBR strats, but we're Australians, so swearing is fine. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> um, okay, well, I can, use, I can use my exact terminology here then. So I've got Nagash, Hand of Dust. Um, he's got some good uh, protection of Nagash tech. Like, protection is the way that you make Nagash work. So this is an so OBR law spell, right? This is OBR law spell, yeah. and this is an, uh, I've touched on it, but they have an excellent spell law. Not, not often seen because people don't really run the gash and the other casters don't have bonuses to casting outside of an artifact. Mm. So you don't really see the full depth of the law, but they've got um, like one of the best spells in the game, I think, uh, which is Drain Vitality, which is 18 inch range, um, and your opponent rerolls sixes to hit and sixes to save. So sixes to hit is great in the meta with all the procking, but six is to save when you then factor it in with the extra rend that you're adding. You can get like really big hero stuff on fives re-rolling sixes or 
you know, so that's a great spell and the gas being able to use that. But the one that I was going to talk about is protection. So protection of the gash, cast it on yourself, um, and effectively it gives you a, another five up ward, a five up DPR. And effectively, whenever you take a wound in a phase, um, if you fail that, if you fail a death save, then you have to teleport anywhere on the board. So the trick, and people like Chris Myhill have done this to better effect than me, uh, he went 5-0 at Brotherhood, I believe, is that you cast protection on the gash and then you find a way to damage yourself to then teleport him forward. Yep. And the thing that catches people out is that after that teleport in the movement phase, you can still move and he has a 9 to 12 inch flying move. So it's this super oppressive thing of like, my hero phase is always, like my 3.0 hero phase is um, Mystic Shield, get him on that two up, re-rolling ones. Ignoring Rem 1. Ignoring Rem 1. Yep. Protection. Then protection. And then I will do Burning Head. Like the Burning Head goes in all of my lists um, because at the end of the hero phase, you can tap him and he will then take D3 mortal wounds on a two plus and then teleport forward. But the cute thing that I found, Rob, is that if you get protection off early in your hero phase, if you then miscast, you can turn that frown upside down <laughs> because you get to teleport forward, right? And then the game against Speckles, who I see in the chat, we both did the protection miscast teleport trick against each other in a mirror match. Um, so that, that really does spit sweeten the pill. Um, so you can basically, yeah, it's a great way of bouncing forward. But without protection of the gash, um, like in OBR, he would be dead because just being able to deliver him somewhere and it makes your opponent make so many decisions about screening and, you know, he's got three-inch range on one of his weapons. Often you can win a game or at least impose yourself on your opponent really strongly early because they're afraid of that threat so much that they maybe disband their initial idea for deployment and just sort of get out of his way. Well, and, like, I mean, you know I mean? there's also a couple of, like, follow-ups, isn't there, really? Like, you've also got um, uh, hand, of, hand of Dust. So, actually, you kind of have to you have to build not just a screen, but you have to create, like, an, an aura or an area of protection around where Nagash can pop. He also flies, right? So, like, when he does do the teleport, he then does do the move. He can be three away. Then he can do a charge. A uh, huge thank you to Major Sockbert for donating five pounds to the show. Thank you. Massive love. Um, he, he can do like a huge teleport. Uh, sorry, he can do the teleport, do the move. He can do a charge. He gets a big charge. He's flying over that screen into your backfield. Then he's in your, he's in your, he's in the chicken coop, and he's like, oh, I'm going to hand a dust off your Kairos, or I'm going to hand a dust off this, or then I'm going to be doing my three inch range attacks here. So like you're right, like it's massive tech. And actually cycling back a little moment as well, just talking about Nagash and why almost he seems like you must take him in OBR, like from this conversation only. My thoughts are, he's also got access to the spell law, right? So you're empowering the weapons, you're empowering the shields, mm -hmm. like you're doing that, that buff stacking which you were talking about, but actually, like, because you've lost it, you go, cool, like, you can still do it in magic. I can still make my mm -hmm. army better through magic, and then what magic have I got access to? And there's like Arcan Nagash and then like a one cast wizard, right? So like <laughs> Uh yeah, there's a couple of little yeah, there's three little wizards. The Soul Mason's okay, but yeah, out Nagash unlocks it. And Rob, talking about, you know, um storming the chicken coop. Yeah. Um do tell me if I'm a rambling. No, no, I wanna listen, please carry on. So um the cute thing with him as well is that much like what you said, you, you teleport outside of nine and then you do get your move. And then if you've charged up your bolts, so again, this is a tip for people. If they want to use Nagash in OBR and have fun, and it is fun, 
<laughs> Shut up. Um, uh, it is a lot of fun. Is you would always, I always go Mystic Shield, then I go Protection, yep. then I try and prop Protection. The cute thing is, Rob, sometimes I actually fish for a miscast. Oh, nice. Because if you get a miscast early after you've done Protection, my list has Portal. So I teleport outside of nine, and then I would go spell portal, and then be able to deep, reach really deep into the chicken coop and pick somebody out. Yeah. So because otherwise, burning head moves at the end of the movement phase, at the end of the hero phase. So if you do the burning head tap and teleport trick, then you're at the end of the hero phase. So you don't have time to then cast number spell portal. But if you miscast it, it's mid phase. You can then cast portal and reach in. But you um, can't do more portal from the gash after the miscast, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm overthinking it. You're right. I can't do that. Damn it. Okay. Thank you, Halalet. Sorry. I'm a bit tired. I was up till three. Talking Warhammer. I'll stop. Talking Warhammer. Yeah, talking Warhammer in my garden until the silly hours. Um, but there is, but, 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 so we'll go back there. We'll go back. But there is a cute thing you can do with arcane bolts. Everyone worries about the D3 when you're within three. But if you teleport outside of nine, then move within three and then charge, say at the start of the charge phase, at any, just so people know, arcane bolts, you can release them at the start of any phase. Mm. So say you're at the start of the charge phase, Rob, and you've charged the screen. Say you've got five bolts charged up. You can still reach 12 inches behind the screening line and just do five mortal wounds to a small support hero. Yeah. Yeah, which is So great. there's ways of... Oh, yeah, like, and basically that the mind games of trying to mitigate all these things that their ass can do is, is, is uh, maybe I'm an evil person, but that's what I'm enjoying in the game at the moment. That's, the, that's where I'm finding the fun. And what's nice is, is, is Nagash, who obviously you could take in Soulblight Gravelords as well, and we'll talk about that on a different show, but like you're utilizing specifically protection to, to, to create so many other problems for your opponent to play around with. Because if you didn't have that, you'd just have a very slow force where your only ability to really project power would be um, um, I know Death Riders are fast-ish, uh, but they're fast-ish. I wouldn't describe them as fast in this game. Um, uh, your only other ability to project power is crawlers, like, and then that's intermittent at best. Like, I mean, it's great, but also like fine. So, like, it sounds like he's like a quintessential piece. Would you say like he's like necessary, like auto include, like at OBR? I don't. I won't. I won't play OBR if I'm not playing the Gash. And 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 I'll get. I'm going to get to the point perhaps soonish, maybe after a two day or something, where I realise that the pitfalls of the book in general uh, supersede the fun of playing with the Gash. But for the moment, I wouldn't play anything but the Gash in Petrofex if I was going to play Ossiar because personally, because I think the rest of the army is just so predictable. And it's just like walk forward, get punched in the face. Crawlers, Rob, crawlers have taken a big hit because you can just switch on plus one save. So, you know, rather than smoking a load of marauders on a five up save, you know, very easy for your opponent to just switch on all out defense, make it a four up, spike a load of fours. You know, you can't actually at the moment buff more than one crawler in the shooting phase. Yep. So. You know, so crawlers. Which was yeah, one of uh, which was one of which was one of those things that was like so powerful about it because obviously you were adding plus one attack to mm. each one of them. Um, they're doing more, and I think you're right. Like whichever uh, marauders and uh, you can't add the plus one safe too, but like everyone else, like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but like yeah, anyway yeah, anyway, yeah but any yeah. anyone where you can add plus one save, I agree. Like it's it's so wicked, right? Like it's so wicked. But like yeah, Iron Gutsman saying good riddance. I, the thing is, is the Osiarch's army. I would say needed it to some degree, although it, it was oppressive to some other armies, that kind of output long-range shooting. Um, the only reason I would take them now is for special shots, 
so for example the idea that um darren's talked about in the past with his seraphon that you know you can teleport 30 skinks now away and they can be unsupported and still redeploy themselves or still inspiring presence themselves yep. so unsupported units are being able to pick the unit champion out with the special shot to deny redeploy so that you can make the charge that that is a legitimate tactic but I'm not spending 215 points for like one shot at one point in the game. Right? <laughs> yeah, why would you? Yeah, yeah. there's no opportunity. Um, Especially also one of the uh, other things about crawlers is they don't have rend just for everyone at home, just to be conscious of that. Um, and so they're even worse into the meta where your problem pieces have got three up saves with all out defense, but your other problem pieces have definitely got two up saves ignoring rend. So like yeah. um, they're not doing anything to those units, right? Yeah, so I think I'll put my three crawlers away for a bit. They're not going to get, uh, they're going to gather some dust. Um, and the last thing with Nagash, which can't be overlooked, is that his healing. Um, five units board wide heal three wounds or gain three models. So, you know, if he's taken a, a hammering over a double turn, and he does die, but if he's taken a hammering, he can heal flat three to himself. He can use the heroic action to heal another D3. And then he's got Soul Stealer to heal another D3 or D6 against low bravery targets. So um, his his um, uh, kind of uh, army support is is fantastic. But effectively, you're just inserting an absolute <laughs> a really horrible problem into your opponent's face, and uh, then they have to deal with it. So Nagash, big, I'm I'm still I'm still back in Papa. I think he's great. Um, and then the, I've got two others who I, I think are... Um, oh, no, oh, actually, I've got two pages. I'll ramble on. So, more guest harbingers, Rob. Haven't had seen any more guest harbingers recently? Not often, is what I'm going to say. No. Uh, obviously, on the, the pro-painted eBay site. Um, but other than that, rarely. Uh, there was a cool battalion uh, that you could have taken them in. But uh, other than that, uh, like in... Sorry, a War Squad battalion, but not now. Um, okay, talk to me. Hey, Admiral Willis, by the way, massive love to see you. Um, yeah, t talk to me. What's good about them? Okay, so Morgast Harbingers have a 9-inch flying move. You can buff it to 12, so we're, we're in a good spot, right? Movement is key, you know, like that. 12-inch flying move. They then have a 3D6 charge, so screw you, redeploy. <laughs> and they can, they can declare from 18. Um, I then take... Uh, the Harbingers with the Spirit Halberds. Yep. Um, so base, they have Rend, 2, 3 damage, 3 attacks each. Iron Guts level damage. So we're talking a unit of, uh, a unit of 2 is 185 points. That's 12 wounds on a 4-up save, ignoring Rend 1. Yep. Um, they have the Hecatos keyword, so they can buff themselves. They don't need hero support. And they're 6 wounds each, so they count as 2 models. So you've got that nice little ogre thing going on. Yeah. So, you know, imagine like a little two-pack. Um, they're going to then have six attacks, three attacks each, threes and threes, rend two, three damage. Wow. Obviously, Petrofex rend three, three damage. So yesterday, and this was, I spiked because I, I won, this is glorious, Rob, one Morgast Harbinger against Nico kills 10 Wardens on his own. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's massive damage, right? Like, how many yeah. points is it for two? 185. For 12 wounds, 185. 
that's pretty good. Like, and uh, but that's that's pretty good. And these are the guys that are charging like way more reliably, like um, than anyone else, right? And they fly, so they could skip a screen. Like, and you don't have to in Age of Sigmar, just in case anyone for some reason has listened to this and, and didn't know this. You don't declare a target when you charge. You just charge as long as you're within twelve inches of a unit. You declare a charge. You declare a charge, and then you'd see where you can put your models. The first model you move has to end up within half an inch of an enemy unit. That's how you do a charge. So it gives you real options right there's a screen in front of you you charge it but actually you billy bugs bollocks to like an 18 you're like okay where are we going now that's it's going to give you some good opportunities to do some fun stuff right yeah and also there's a big argument where i'm having an internal argument with myself about the idea around building in reroll charges maybe putting cogs in for a plus one and then having banners in units for an additional plus one to charge. And I'm basically considering the idea of just always just having to go for nine inch charges. And so, you know, deny the opportunity to redeploy if you just stay outside of nine. So 3D6 going for nines. Interesting. You know, that can work, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that um, does work. So big, big, big stonks personally on the hobbies, and I've been having great fun. Um, I recently ran a four pack. And they wow. one-shotted Aventus Firestrike in Living City, which was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, it's swingy. You get reroll ones to hit when you're running him with Nagash, which is great. So it's threes rerolling ones. And if you build in the Bone Tide Shrieker, um, <laughs> is it better than 11 Bliss Barb Archers, though? <laughs> yes. Yes, Jacob Berry. I think it's probably better than 33 Bliss Barb Archers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Me too. But yeah, so if you build a Shrieker in, there could be twos rerolling ones. Um, yeah, they're swingy, but I would rather have um, I would rather have uh, the ability to go monster hunting. We're in a monster meta, right? Rend three, three damage. You know, make your opponent fail some saves. So where's the additional rend come for the for the harbinger unit? Sorry, Petrifex, Bludgeon. So their command ability. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the Petrifex command ability. So basically, you've got this brilliant thing with Petrifex, whereby you're worsening the rend of all your opponent's attacks. And you're increasing the rend of all your own attacks. Yeah, that's great. And that's why drain, vita drain vitality comes in amazingly because you're, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's I would, really good. I would, be, and, I would um, be fairly tempted. I know Nagash is expensive and that unit's expensive, but like some min battle line and then just keep throwing the harbingers around. Like that's some big rend available. Like it's a good pocket. Oh yeah. Like it's a good pocket piece, right? Like they will like like rend three is crazy. And like Admiral Willis is saying in the chat, like rend one's effectively useless in Age of Sigmar now. So it's like oh, rend two is the new rend one, which means it's like okay but rent three is like billy that's great that's a great opportunity yeah yeah and, and like i've talked about it you need to have a strong you need to be quite a resilient player to play obr and you need to gamble a bit you know you're gambling on making charges you're gambling on getting these buffs there's a lot of gambling um and you know why not gamble with more guest harbingers you know okay they're you know they're low quantity of tax but they're super high damage super high rent so Let's roll the dice. Let's play Warhammer. Who wants efficiency? Let's just, you know, boss it all out. Let's just, let's just go for fluke. Let's go for that luck. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's so, fair. Um, we have a chat. Uh, is that a question? The copy stalkers just, also yeah. go to Ren 3, but I guess their problem is mobility. That's the question. No, because they're the next thing on my little list. Okay, all right, fine. Sorry. So, Harbingers, yes. Stalker stonks. Stalker stonks. So, the stalkers, the Necropolis stalkers, they... Um, they go to a point which Leo has made to me in the past, which is really savvy, that if you're building an OBR army, you want to basically build in 
um, as many command abilities in different phases because if they're limiting us let's try and do stuff in the charge phase let's try and do stuff in the hero phase yeah. so the stalkers have one of the only hero phase command abilities in the book oh. which is i think it's called hunt and kill what it does it allows them to re-roll runs and charges hey that d deals with that problem a bit right okay so we're, we're again we're, we're coming up with solutions mm -hmm. solutions not problems mm -hmm. um and they, they also, when they move, they can move through terrain as if they fly. Not, not models, per se. Um, so, for example, let's talk about three Necropolis Stalkers, 180 points, four wounds apiece, four up save. Um, and then they have their aspects wrong. So they effectively have 15 attacks. And then at the start of the combat phase, you could choose their aspects. So you know they're four-headed characters. Yeah. This doesn't cost RDP, it's an ability. So we're basically getting back to the pseudo layering, which OBR players like to do. So, for example, one of the aspect heads gives you a pip of rend and a pip of down and an extra pip of damage. Yep. So we're going in, right? 15 attacks without any buffs to like hits or whatever. 15 attacks, threes and threes, rend three, two damage for 180 points. Wow. Yeah. Because so I... you get a pip of, of rend from the aspect. And then, because it's not an RDP command ability, you can then add Bludgeon from Petrifex to go. So you're adding two rend and one damage, um, which is wild, right? Yeah, no, I've think? always liked Stalkers. I just have always thought the delivery system for Stalkers is is the most difficult. Like, they're, like, not ultra-fast, like you say. And the army traditionally kind of played as a mobile castle with some good shooting over the top generally is how it played but now you're talking about having to like flip the script completely like you're throwing the crawlers out the window they're not in you know you're not taking big blocks of more tech or maybe having one so that's in the bin so it's like okay how's how is the army playing now you know and it's got these very killy single center point brick units um and uh, and stalkers are back on the table because they're going to get the plus three move you know they're yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. they're, yeah. they're available you're looking like what you've you've pointed to there, Rob. Um, you're looking to you're looking for for as much of a reliable delivery system as possible. Yeah. Like more techs still have their place, like tens and twenties, but you're absolutely right. No forty blocks. I think harvester stonks are actually down. They're too easy to kill, and it gives up too many VPs to your opponent. Mm -hmm. But yeah, these pocket units with like high burst damage that can just like hunt like like you're going out and you're hunting basically you're not camping you're hunting yeah there we go. that's the headline that's fun that's fun that's like, that's a fun way to take it like yeah there's still yeah, yeah. All the problems you talked about previously but like you're in a position where you're doing something like absolutely it's very different like the whole like you're like you're doing a classic age of sigma where you're attacking the problem and you're trying to come up with solutions see if the book has got the ability to do that and it looks like it's got some options at least right it does and you know there are a new alpha hunter has actually entered the book late there is a new there's a new model and a new little uh, a new kit that, that the obr players that can, can get and they're going to have an absolute blast with him mm. so mia kanan and kanan's reapers from the underworld's warband I think I'm putting it out there now, Rob. I haven't even put any thought into this idea, but I reckon better than Morgwaith the Bloody at 80 points. Mia Kanan and his Reapers. Is he 80 gonna... points now? No, he's 190 points. Oh my god. Okay, so hear me out. Yeah. But he gets okay. Get this right. Do you want to hear why he's great? So this is my next light spot. Okay. So we're talking Nagash, Stalkers, Harbingers, Mia Kanan. Okay. okay. So he's Mortis Praetorian Keylock, so he doesn't worsen rend, and he can't get extra rend in. Inside of Petrifex, so we're, we're starting a bit like boom, yeah. but that's okay. 
So he's 190 points. You get five more tech guards with him. One of them's got a bow. There are two with shields. Yep. As long as the two shields are alive, the whole little unit of five re-rolls it saves. All phases. Okay. Sweet. They're five models, so they'd have the same footprint as ten more tech. Yep. And they don't give up broken ranks battle tactics. So you can push forward, get an early like ferocious advance, or get an early centerboard cap, and you're not giving up anything. So basically, half a unit of more tech guard is 70 points. So our hero, Mir, that's left, 120-point character, okay? Yep. Six wounds, four up save, five-inch move. Um, he's a wizard, so he can make himself a monster. He can charge up an arcane bolt. And then he is a boss man in combat, okay? okay. Yesterday, he killed eight wind charges on his own. No, he didn't. How was his profile? So he's got four attacks, yeah. threes to hit, threes to wound, ren two, two damage. Right. Six is to hit, do D3 plus one mortal wounds. Wow. So what? when you're a gangster, and like I say, roll the dice, play the game. When you roll two sixes and you do eight mortal wounds from your 120-point character and then another two damage at Ren 2, you have a happy time. That's great. So yesterday, Nico charged in 15 wind charges into 10 Mortec Guard and had uh, Mir Kanan here. Mir Kanan and five Mortec Guard buffed up, uh, killed 13 out of 15 after Battle Shock. It, from that little dude damage damage plus is yeah uh, damage plus damage exactly. plus thanks guys already uh that's uh that, i wasn't also when you're playing against it because you do ask start of the game you ask your opponent what does all your stuff do and you, they tell you a thousand things you're like right but then you see some little character and you think there's no way that little guy has got damage plus in here yeah and then he comes in big wow Mate. i wasn't expecting that at all yeah he takes people's he pulls people's pants down all the time like gutsman saying in the chat though we OBR players get to call him Mir Kanan, but to everyone else, it's Mr. Kanan because you often list, you miss the I. Uh, so, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's also a brilliant... I know that everyone's like, yeah, but he's a lovely model about things when they're shit, but he's not only brilliant, but he's also an absolutely fantastic model. He's like twice as high as a Vortec guard. He's got a big cape made out of flesh. He just He's got an axe that looks like it could... You know, literally cut you in half like a watermelon with a katana. Like, it's just... Yeah, he's brilliant. So... If, if people want to have a bit of fun with OBR, Mir Kanan stonks into hey, it. Hey, it sounds like there's some like good opportunity, like um, uh, good opportunity here. By the way, a question from Jacob Perry in the chat says: Is that more wound damage and the attack sequence ends, or in addition? Yes, attack sequence ends. Attack sequence ends. I mean, still good. But he still got D three plus one. Is yeah. like you'll take it like all day. Oh, mate, and and like and then his basic profile is Ren two two damage. So you could hero time him. In my list, which we can we can just cover my list at the end if you want very quickly. Like uh, he gets reroll ones to hit as well from Nagash. So he's brilliant in there with Nagash. So my list has two heroes. It has Nagash, who's like the Uber Chad and just goes forward. And then he's got his little minion who just sits at the back of the board and goes, Right, come on then, teleport over and I'll chop your head off. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. That's I know I play him I play him with protection as well. So late game I can maybe damage myself or or go into combat and then bounce to the back of the board. So he has quite a bit of He's got a good a good role in the list. He sounds um, great fun. Like in fact, yeah, actually, he's brilliant. He's actually what's funny is is like the the four things that you've talked about really on the highlights. I mean, I know there were like other stuff, but like the units, Nagash, great big piece, and like the spell law helps benefit that. Um, the stalkers and also uh, the the um, oh god the archai like like mm -hmm. they they they're like big da they're like they're why sometimes we play Warhammer like you want that big like absolute right hook unit you're like these guys mm -hmm. are gonna smash and sometimes it disappoints you but sometimes they don't and that feels like you're king of the world right like that's a great feeling 
Yeah, man. Yeah, so you can just go min battle line. You can go like three tens of Mortec and then have little pockets of two-man Harbies mixed in with three-man Stalkers and then Mia as the sort of little boss of it all. Um, and if you did want to go for that real damage output list, that, that does lead me on to pretty much one of my last um, or last few points, um, which is the Bone-Tide Shrieker Rod. Yeah. 85 points. Excellent piece. So if you're going to go Stalkers spell, and right? Harbies... End a spell, casting value of like a five or a six, it's super low. That's the thing with the law, it's all really low casting values as well. Apart from Hand of Dust off the War Scroll, which is an eight, everything's fives and sixes. Um, and uh, yeah, the Shrieker, um, so casting value is set up wholly within 12, I believe, and moves eight, one or the other. It's got a decent range, but all of the enemy units that are within 12 of it, so pretty amazing range, um, your plus one to hit against them. So sweet, that was the old ability. And then the old ability was like minus one bravery, but now your opponent cannot use Inspiring Presence or Rally when they're within 12. Yeah. So if you want to build that combat army, go in with plus one to hit, and then whatever you hit can't be then inspired. So even if you don't kill the whole unit, then you know there's hopefully a chance that a decent amount of it can run away. And the more guest harbingers have a minus one bravery aura within six, which kind of keys into that quite nicely as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Shrieker is a, is a big winner. And then the, the carrion is still quite good. There is a way, there's a little, I'm sure I talked to you about this trick, this came from Nico, but this is the Soul Stealer carrion is the endless spell that you can set up anywhere on the board. And then every time a model within six inches of it dies, it pulses and you can either do a mortal wound to everything within six, heal the caster who cast it or do both effects. So if you imagine charging up eight arcane bolts, moving in, and then releasing one arcane bolt every phase to prop the carrion, which then does one mortal wound to everything within six. So you do it like movement phase, you know, you do it like all those phases, and it lasts through into your next opponent's turn. So you could basically pick off and chip damage off over the course of a turn, um, all of like all the small heroes. That's cute. But it's cute. It's more of like a cute idea. Yeah. You know, um, I think Darren wants to try and make that work, perhaps. Um, um, yeah. <sighs> That's kind of it, I really. Mean, there some, are, some good highlights, like because I know since since three point like you've been beating your head against this book, and I think all of the criticisms at the start were super valid. Like uh, I still wouldn't advise anyone uh, to pick this army up because you're not learning some key elements personally. But like, they sound like that there are some like if you're like I want to play Osiarchs, there are some potential highlights for you still to try and achieve over this year. And like, and then pushing Big Popper around is like never gonna not be fun. Uh, ultimately, um, and like, is he better in Soul by Grave Lords? Great question. We don't really know, but probably like because he gets a bunch of like cheap chaff and other stuff. But like, it's uh, it still it still sounds like that there's some options available to play. Um, although I think I'd still mirror the idea that everyone should just play with the new core abilities and play any other army um that would be my yeah. takeaway but i like amazing you've got me excited i'm like because i have some archai and i'm like am i gonna get on the gash and just run around i've got i've got two more little tidbits for you okay, oh, yeah, yeah. before we close it I'm out hype. so um if if you were playing in a meta and you know it's going to be gotrek and basically if you've been smashed by gotrek a lot yeah. there is some good anti-gotrek tech in the book but you have to take <laughs> you have to take no myriad um, but basically, there's a there's a there's an artifact called the Mind Blade, and it ignores all ward saves. Um, so you can put flaming weapon, um, turn your liege Cavalos into a uh, into a wizard, cast flaming weapon, and then he's going to go in and do three attacks, damage three that can't be saved and can't use ward saves against. Mm. So you can one shot 
uh, got trek. So if you really, if you're know, if you're playing your pal and you've got OBR and that's your only army, and then your mate who you need to stop being friends with keeps bringing got trek, <laughs> then just take Null Myriad and the Mind Blade and Flaming Weapon and just chop his head off. And I mean, uh, by the way, huge thank you to MJ Pegasus in the chat for donating uh, five gift subscriptions uh, to all you wonderful people. That's badass of you. Thanks, MJ. Hope you're well. Um, uh, okay. Was there another tip bit? Was that the one? Chopper got checked. Head the on. last tip bit was I'll just, um, if anyone's interested, and like, I, you know, whilst you've said nice things about me and my knowledge about OBR, this is just my opinion. So, you know, I'm not pretending to be right. Um, but this is my list that I ran yesterday, and I had a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. And if people would like to run, so this is basically. And this is going to be in the show notes. So if anyone wants it, it'll yeah. be on the onswargamer.com. This is the amalgamation or the consolidation of my early 3.0 thoughts on how I want to run it. Um, so it is Nagash, the Supreme Lord of Undead. I played Petrifex Elite, and my, um, my grand strategy is prized sorcery. So, you know, both Mir Kanan and obviously Nagash are, are relatively are very survivable. So, you know, prized sorcery is quite a good three points. I take a triumph of bloodthirsty for the reroll charges. Then the list is Nagash, Mir Kanan with uh, protection of Nagash for that late game teleport. Um, and then you have a unit of 20 Mortec Guard, a unit of 10, another unit of 10, Kanan's Reapers, two Morgast Harbingers with Spirit Halberds as your kind of cleanup crew, and then Umbral Spell Portal and Burning Head, all in a battle regiment, one drop, 1995. It's pretty simple. You just you're basically creating the conditions where whereby you're going to make Nagash as obnoxious as possible, yeah. and you're not going to apologise for that because OBR play on hard mode. Um, but yeah, that that there's a lot of fun to be had with that. There's a lot of fun to be had with that. Yeah, and um, also like it's it's like not that it's super important for competitive play, but it's also like a nice mix of models, right? Big boy, Mirkanan, the little units, uh, only forty yeah. Mortec and two Harbages. Like it's a nice mix of stuff. Um, but I'm just looking at it and I'm like, there isn't a lot there. Like <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. No, like, there isn't a no. lot there. Um, uh, which I think, but at least you've got those like two definite Nagash in the Harbingers. You've got those two go out there units. While I'm not saying the Mortec aren't also something to to fear, but like there's two uh, those two units go out, smash things. You know, kind of like while that center kind of like is fairly safe moving up, like and grabbing stuff. I think that's quite interesting. Um, and then uh, are you, you going to run this more? You played it yesterday, right? Are you going to play this more? Go back to the drawing board with it. Uh, I'll play it more. I think yesterday was a combination of my head wasn't brilliant and uh, and I had some absolutely shocking dice. Um, so I think that it's got um, it's got definitely got legs. Um, and I like I think it does pose quite a lot of problems to you know the armies that are quite prevalent in the meta. You know, like I played against the new um, Sylvaneth build, uh, which. Um, uh, obviously, Matt Mallow's talked about, you know, your Warsong Revenant getting up to loads of casts and blah, 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 blah. Well, like, he didn't even, like, uh, being able to shut down the magic for many, many armies is still super strong. And people are just like, oh, Nagash, like, it can, there's a, a psychological element to playing him. So, um, 
anyway i think i'm rambling no no i, I don't think you are because there's a question in the chat like i think i think also like because uh, i was running a zinch build when we played and like, shutting down my magic was something i wasn't a huge fan of uh because like mm. similarly when i played mark who we talked about on the save to darkness show and he had all the spell ignores and like most of my damage and most of the damage coming out of a zinch book is coming from mortal wounds via spells so when you reju- when you just turn that off i'm like cool like you know, it's kind of that interesting counterplay where Nagash being on the board absolutely shuts down opposing magic, or not absolutely, but very significantly affects opposing magic. Whereas, like redeploy shuts down Osiarch's like charging and stuff. Like there's, um, there's I guess some sort of parity there in some ways, uh, which I think is interesting. Some armies out, yeah, some armies out both. Fair. Yeah. I think that's very fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, addressing, um, I think it's Jacob in the chat, just saying, uh, are OBR sub-factions honestly like Old Doc with only one or two, or do you see any other sub-factions getting some honest runs? Honestly, like, I've played Null Myriad, and I find that that play style is effectively, all you're doing is using all your RDP. Actually, they might have had a bit of a bump, because all you were ever using, using was all your RDP to deny your opponent, like, magic rather than using it to impose your playstyle on your opponent. And no, maybe I used to rely quite a lot on crawlers. Uh, crematorians, uh, I wouldn't go anywhere near it, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but so it, it does really settle on Mortis Praetorians and, and Petrifex. But I'm a bit of a like Petrifex hipster anyway. I always play Petrifex with the whole edition. I've never played Praetorians, so I know I'm a bit of a stick in the mud. Um, and yes, yeah, Scrivo in the chat, I know that he wants to build that Staliarchs. So for example, Rob, um, Stalkers in Staliarchs, that's, that's, that's brilliant. They're because fast. if you're re-rolling runs and charges with Hunt and Kill, and you're running and charging. Yeah, no, I get that though. But like, if I'm faster and I get somewhere, but I still have only got Ren 2, like I, I'm with you 100%. Like the fact that Petrofex is ignore Ren 1, so there's that huge bonus of survivability for your army, but it also gives you the... Like if you had ignore Ren 1 in one sub-faction and plus one Ren to your attacks in another sub-faction, you'd yeah. be making me make choices. When they're in the same place, I don't see why that's not like my auto go-to, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's double bubble, baby. Yeah, double yeah. bubble all the trouble, just like us. Owen, absolutely. Owen, so this list will be on the uh, the Honest War Game website for everyone uh, um, who's listening to this in any format. I mean, it's been lovely because I'm actually not like as depressed as I was at the end of the Sinesh show. Like, I, like I doing it the flip was nice. Maybe I'll do this for the rest of the show. So thank you for the format flip. Um, uh, like, have you guys, have you got any shout outs you want to do before we head out? Oh God, uh, I'll just shout out the South London Legion. Um, I saw a lot of those guys for the first time in ages yesterday at Bad Moon, and I'll shout out Bad Moon Cafe as well. Um, yeah, got got to go to the first Bad Moon one day since the dreaded sort of international lurgy hit. So um, really nice to see those guys. So shout out to the Legion, um, great bunch of gamers. Uh, look forward to the next one. Big shout out to the Bad Moon Cafe as well. Uh, all right, well, I'm just going to shout out the Twitch chat. Don't forget, this is filmed in front of a live studio audience. So if this is the first time you've tuned into the Honest Wargamer, we're live every day, uh, midday. Mondays, we do Age of Sigmar shows. Mon- uh, uh, Monday night, sorry. Monday day, me and Owen uh, do the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. We do have some events to talk about uh, coming up, which is fun. Um, and then over the course of the next year, we'll be bringing you those faction stats and all those other things, which is going to be super fun. Uh, big shout out to Arthur Vergalis as well, obviously. Of course. Of course. Yeah, Arthur. Yeah. A similar, a death, a death mage himself. A death mage himself. Uh, thanks to Owen. Thanks to the Twitch chat. You've all been wonderful. Thanks for listening to Honest Wargamer, and we'll see you guys soon.